DPP presidential candidate Lai Qingde inaugurated the party's national campaign headquarters Sunday. Speaking at the event, President Tsai Ing-wen said that only Lai and his running mate Shelby Kim can lead Taiwan forward. Lai, for his part, criticized his two opponents in the presidential race, pointing out that their plan for the country would only result in Taiwan relying on China economically. The 2024 general election is a time for Taiwanese people to choose dignified peace. Choose the right people and follow the right path. Let candidates Lai Qingde and Xiaobi Kim lead Taiwan and let the Democratic Progressive Party gain a majority in the legislature. This is my last stop on this journey to oversee the establishment of campaign offices throughout the country as we enter the final stage before the election. This election is about choosing the best team to govern the country. Choosing me and Xiao means choosing the team most experienced and most capable of promoting Taiwan's steady progress. The opposition parties have not put forward a complete vision for governing the country. They are only good at political scheming and they rely on China. Do you dare hand over the country to people who perform in such a way? Despite representing different parties, our opponents are jointly calling for restarting talks on the cross-strait services trade agreement with China. One of them accepts the 1992 consensus. And the other has said that both sides of the Taiwan Strait are one family. These candidates both want Taiwan to rely on China as it used to. Party heavyweights, including former Premier Su Zhenchang and former Legislative Speaker Yoshi Kun, were on hand to lend the DPP candidates support. With only 40 days left before the election, the whole party has united to stand behind the Lai Xiao ticket. Taiwan's economics ministry says the country is set to reach exports of over 400 billion U.S. dollars this year for the third year in a row. Globally, things are expected to cool down next year in terms of economic growth, but the ministry says Taiwan can buck the trend and keep up its momentum through expansion into new markets. With high demand for Taiwan-made electronic components and sports items, it says 2024 is set to be Another good year for Taiwan. Officials from Laos made a rare visit to Taiwan in November to discuss bilateral trade opportunities, which would be a new development for Taiwan's new southbound policy. Meanwhile, the Ministry of Economic Affairs recently stated that total exports this year are expected to exceed 400 billion U.S. dollars for the third consecutive year. Export values have hit a new high, which reflects the instability of the supply chain. One factor has been the large increase in commodity prices over the past two years, while another is the soaring cost of oil and raw materials. But we have seen a marked improvement in the situation since third quarter this year, and inventories in Europe and the U.S. have dropped to new lows. According to data from the Economics Ministry, Taiwan's exports hit record highs in 2021 and 2022 reaching 446.4 billion US dollars and 479.4 billion US dollars respectively even amid the effects of the global business cycle exports are still expected to exceed 400 billion US dollars this year the third highest annual amount on record Taiwan Stock Exchange has already surpassed Hong Kong's 
and we're seeing an increase in the amount of foreign investment in Taiwan. Over-reliance on China has been like putting all of one's eggs in the same basket, and that basket is about to break. Economic growth next year may be around 1% in the U.S., but China's growth may not reach the projected 5%. So neither the U.S. nor China will perform well. But economies in Europe may benefit from the Paris Summer Olympics. Taiwanese companies producing sports and leisure products are now gearing up and are eager to try and break into that segment. Taiwan has made headway selling breakthrough products for sports and leisure for international competitions and has also seen growth in the production of components for modern home appliances. Experts now say that there is potential in markets in Europe, Southeast Asia and Central America, which will help fuel Taiwan's exports moving forward. If you enjoy shopping overseas, take note. The finance ministry is planning to raise the duty-free exemption for the goods you bring into the country. The current 20,000 NT exemption may be raised to 30 or even 40,000 NT, according to reports. Travelers who intend to purchase boutique items like watches or small home appliances will have more freedom to do so. But resellers of imported goods and travel agents say the government needs to have supporting measures in place to protect their business. Shopping group organizers or overseas purchase groups will feel this is a great development. They don't have to line up to declare goods they bought. There should be supporting measures. Such an increase in the duty-free amount will enliven the economy, but it'll also affect local businesses, the so-called resellers, and their sales volume. The duty-free exemption has remained at 20,000 NT for 30 years now. With the current inflation, the new measure is expected to be implemented as early as the first half of next year. Christmas is in the air in Pingdong. Peace Church in the southern city has created a miniature town made up of more than 70 gingerbread houses. The structures include some of the iconic buildings of Pingdong, like hospitals and schools, and they're all ready to be consumed. Colorful gingerbread houses sprinkled with powdered sugar to simulate snow are put on display, while man-made snow falls in the background. Here in Pingdong, Christmas is in the air. More than 70 gingerbread houses are set up in the plaza in front of Peace Church. A closer look reveals that these are modeled after schools and hospitals in Pingdong. Even bus stops and street signs have been created. The entire gingerbread city is modeled after Pingdong City, and it includes Pingdong's unique attractions and address plates that indicate Shenli Village, Citizens Park, etc. This is the seventh year that Pingdong Peace Church is putting on a Christmas lights display. This year, the church has created Taiwan's largest miniature city made up of gingerbread houses, incorporating some of Pingdong's iconic scenic spots and instilling it with a Christmas spirit. This is my first time seeing the Christmas rituals at Peace Church. I think it's wonderful and heartwarming. Teachers and kids from Datong Primary School work together to make gingerbread houses, which you see here on display in the plaza. 
While the people used their creativity to build gingerbread houses, the church put in the finishing touches with lights and a Christmas tree to give locals a Christmas to remember. Drone footage from above Dalwin Mountain has gone viral online for its astonishing view of a sea of clouds at sunset. The mountain in Nantos Lugu Township is a favorite destination for hikers in the winter. A sea of clouds often develops when temperatures drop at sunset. But this particular footage shows the clouds at their most awe-inspiring. Let's take a look. A sea of clouds over Dalun Mountain rolls endlessly in the sunshine. This time-lapse footage reveals the exquisite details of the clouds' transmutations. Sometimes they look like rolling waves, other times like a thousand sticks of fresh candy floss. At sunset, the wind picks up and the sea starts to boil. The gold-tipped clouds are a dreamy landscape. Approaching dusk, the warmer air gradually cools down and the temperature drops, causing water in the air to condense and to form the sea of clouds phenomenon in regions near mountains. These clouds mutate swiftly and continuously, forming a series of different scenes in the fading light. Tourists who come out to view the spectacle are filled with wonder. When the northeast monsoon winds come in, it's the best time of the year to come here to see the waterfall of clouds. Dalwin Mountain boasts very convenient transport links. Many walkers come to Lugu Township to climb the mountain, which is a popular spot in winter. These images were caught by a local tea farmer using a drone, recording the beauty of the local landscape for those who can't make it in person. As the global economy picks up in the post-pandemic era, the number of billionaires in the world has increased by 7 percent from 2,376 to 2,544. And more than a thousand of them are from the Asia-Pacific region. Taiwan's billionaire count at 46 ranks fourth in Asia after China, India and Hong Kong, with Singapore, Japan and South Korea trailing behind. With a combined wealth of 122.4 U.S. billion U.S. dollars, each of them possesses an average of 2.5 billion U.S. dollars. Taiwan's super-rich includes the Tsai family of Fubang Group and the Wei brothers of Dingxing International Group. Truffles rank among the world's most prized delicacies. Taiwan imports 200 tons each year, but the price tag is prohibitive for average diners. Today, we meet researchers who want to build a domestic truffle industry to make the treat more accessible. Over the past 10 years, they found seven native species across Taiwan, including where they'd least expect. Through trial and error, they've created novel techniques for propagating these species in hopes of supporting mass production. Tonight in our Sunday special report, follow our camera as we join their search for Made in Taiwan Truffles. It's a slow weekday afternoon, but this Michelin-starred restaurant is still full of guests. This summer, the restaurant unveiled a new dish 
luxury fried rice. White rice is fried up in a wok with truffle oil and truffle sauce, and then topped with bluefin tuna. Generous shavings of truffle provide the finishing touch. Fresh truffle is sliced into thin pieces. Why serve the shavings on top of a hot dish? Because heat takes the aroma of the truffles to another level. Truffles have a rich and complex flavor that's hard to describe. One kilogram costs ten to hundreds of thousands of new Taiwan dollars, making them an ingredient to be cherished. They are known as diamonds of the kitchen. As for high-end ingredients, the three most expensive ingredients in French cuisine are foie gras, caviar, and truffle. Actually, only truffle is considered a natural product. The other two are produced by husbandry, or they're produced by human cultivation. Taiwan imports some 200 tons of truffles each year, but there are some who hope to mass-produce truffles domestically to make the delicacy more widely available. Here in this Taidong forest, we follow researcher Ling Jielong down a bumpy road. We're off to dig for truffles. For nearly a decade now, the Taiwan Forestry Research Institute has been on a hunt for truffles. They've developed techniques for cultivation in hopes of achieving mass production. Slightly clear away the humus, and if there are any truffles to be found, you'll see them 5 to 10 centimeters below the surface. Truffles are a type of fungus, just like shiitake, mushroom, and jelly years. They grow symbiotically with the roots of Fagaceae tree species, which include the Japanese blue oak and Chinese chestnut. After ripening, the fruiting bodies break off on their own, looking like clods of soil. The truffle hunters disperse as they continue to dig. With the passing of time, conversation turns to silence as the disappointment of failure begins to weigh. Taiwan had high hopes decades ago for a commercial truffle industry. In the late 1980s, National Taiwan University forestry professor Hu Hongdao created prime conditions for truffle farming inside an experimental forest. He spent eight years adjusting the cultivation conditions and sorting out the land. Once he had done that, he took two-year-old sterile seedlings and planted them. Then he planted from 1989 to 1997. He harvested a total of 20 kilograms of truffle, Taiwanese truffle. By following this early success, insufficient manpower and funding hindered operations. And when news of the truffles began to spread, truffle hunters began to appear from all corners, spoiling the soil conditions. The truffle population gradually declined. It wasn't until 2013 that the Forestry Institute restarted its truffle project. Truffles are extremely precious. We also want to build an industry that allows us to fill our tables with our own truffles to eliminate the need for imported truffles. We want to collaborate with the Forestry Bureau to create a truffle industry that doesn't harm our national forests. The first step to domestic truffle industry is identifying the right varieties to grow. But identifying them requires first uncovering them from the soil. The Forestry Bureau has always carried out soil surveys. 
gather more than 6,800 soil data samples to date. But in reality, uncovering truffles takes more than soil data. You also need national vegetation data. We looked at some 300,000 vegetation data samples in the national database. We ran comparisons of that data. Fungus growth depends on temperature, humidity, altitude, and host plants. Based on these variables, we identify 10 potential truffle hotspots. After analyzing growth conditions, researchers headed out to the potential sites to dig. They had long believed that truffles need alkaline soil and medium to high altitudes to grow, but they were wrong. The other thing is that we used temperature to calculate altitude, and we identified sites that were at an altitude of 1,400 meters or above. But then later, just by happenstance, we found truffles in Taidong's Taimali Township, which is less than 400 meters above sea level. In recent years, the Forestry Institute has found black truffles and white truffles across Taiwan. New species were announced in international journals. When cultivating truffle, what matters most is aroma, followed by factors like flavor and environment requirements. Based on these criteria, the Forestry Institute pinpointed promising species to cultivate. One is the black truffle species we dig up today in Taidong. Hello, I found one. After truffles are collected, the next step is a cleaning at the Forestry Institute's lab. After that, each truffle's height and weight is recorded. Then a sample is sliced for a close look under a microscope. If the truffle spores are mature, they're ready for artificial propagation. There are some mature ones and immature ones. The black ones with thick film are mature. The thin, transparent ones, or the relatively transparent ones, are immature. We're pretty lucky with these. Overall, the maturity rate is 70% to 80%. Very suitable for our inoculation experiments. Out in the wild, truffles become more aromatic as they mature. That attracts rodents, wild boars, and other animals who eat them and disperse their spores in feces. But propagation is less straightforward in a lab. The first challenge is breaking down the ascus walls without damaging the spores. We didn't know how to go about it initially. Our goal was to break the ascus walls while preserving the integrity of the spore particles. So we experimented. We would smash for a while, then have a look and evaluate. This machine that looks like a juice blender is used to turn truffles into a liquid called spore suspension. The technique was developed through trial and error. Once the fluid is ready, it's used to inoculate the roots of two to three-year-old saplings. If the truffles are mature, we weigh them. For example, this one is 56 grams. After the 56 grams are turned into a spore suspension, 56 saplings are inoculated. One gram per sapling. 
The main thing is to pour the suspension evenly over the root system, so that there's a good chance of successful inoculation. If inoculation is successful, the saplings will be moved out into nature to a site with favorable weather and soil conditions. If all goes well, truffles will start to appear in six to eight years, and then they can be harvested each year. Black truffles tend to be cultivated using spore suspension, but white truffles are more suited to a different method. Researchers first cultivate the truffles mycelium in a petri dish before inoculating saplings. After inoculation with the spore suspension, it can take four to six months before we can detect the presence of truffle mycorrhizae. But if you use mycelium, you can detect it as soon as two to three months. If you use mycelium, mycorrhizae might form as soon as contact is made with the root. At first, it's a parasitic relationship, and then it becomes symbiotic. As for new species, so far, we've discovered a record-setting seven new species and we've transferred six technologies related to truffle cultivation. We hope to build an industry chain. I believe that Taiwan is moving closer and closer to this goal. In forests nationwide, there are some 21 native truffle species tucked away, waiting to be uncovered. Researchers hope that in the not-too-distant future, Taiwan's truffle farming will take root so that more diners can experience this unique local treasure.